When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, this is the second episode of the Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report Podcast Network. My name is Michael McQuaid. Delighted to be joined again by my esteemed colleagues, Colm Cronin and Stuart Roach uh, down in Dublin as well. Boys, welcome into the show, I guess. Uh, first of all, before we look at the first preseason game, Colm, I'll start with you, man. Great reaction to the first show on, on Mile High Report last week and obviously great to have our voices on the platform. Uh, some great reaction, especially to, especially to your uh, Wade Phillips comments, Colin. Uh, yes, indeed. I uh, had some um, good banter in the, the comments. I, I stick by it. I, I think Wade is uh, a d- defensive uh, genius and what he has done throughout his career. Look, don't get me wrong. The Orange Crush defense was absolutely phenomenal. Take nothing away from them um, and those involved in it. And more of the Orange Crush should absolutely be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That isn't, there is no question about that. So no one should walk away from this podcast going, Cullen doesn't think the Orange Crush is any good. No, Cullen thinks the Orange Crush were phenomenal. But I just think if you look at the body of Wade's work, what he did the fact that like he he was the defensive coordinator when rich white had that phenomenal season 22 sacks in 12 games uh, what he did obviously with the the knife no fly zone and our defense having just come in that season and got them to click so well what he did with jj watt what he did with with the rams when you look at the great players, what he did with the Bills, look at the great defensive players in the history of the NFL. And Wade Phillips is involved in the vast majority of them. That is not a coincidence. And I just will stick by that. The, the reason is that Wade is so talented. You can see the response uh, to him from the players, the warmth that they have, the affection that they have. And I, I long for the day when Wade Phillips is enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I can't wait to cut that audio up and, and text that to Wade Phillips after this recording. But yeah, I, com- I completely agree. Stuart, uh, some great feedback last week and, and I guess a privilege to be in this position and welcome in. Yeah, it's great. Um, I just want to say, I think Colin was probably the only Irish man that could start a Joe Collier versus Wade Phillips uh, Donnybrook on a <laughs> mile high report. Um, <laughs> so fair, fair play for that one. Uh, 
you know, obviously the uh, the the orange push was a little bit before our time, but you can get some footage out there. I think the 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 Super Bowl that um the Broncos lost against the Cowboys um is available on um the NFL channels uh, free games, which they introduced a couple of years ago. It's like every team gets three, um, and they're all really good quality. So if anybody hasn't seen that Broncos uh, Dallas Super Bowl, it's worth a look. I mean, obviously it was disappointing. Um. Craig Morton had an injury going into the game, and I think his guard lost something like 70 pounds of the week into it. Uh, I think that the guard went from something like 280 down to 215. He had uh, he had a vomiting bug. So Craig Morton heard this and said, oh, my God, I'm dead. Um, and he was killed by the Dallas defense. But the one thing about the, the Broncos defense in that game was they performed absolute miracles against a really good Dallas team. So it's worth checking out to see, you know, like me, I hadn't really seen them in action until I saw that game. Um, yeah, I mean, Wade, Wade's a great, great coordinator. I know you guys have spoken to him on, on the NFL show. Uh, I, I do disagree with Colm. I think, unfortunately, though, I think the greatest defensive mind in the NFL is, uh, and I say this really through teeth so gritted, it's it's they could, you know, help melt snow. But it's Bill Belichick's greatest defensive mind the NFL has ever seen. Sorry. Oh, here. Sorry. Here, Sorry. here, here, here. Sorry. Tell you what. On that note, and that's me, and I and I resign. <laughs> I'm off to I'm off to Denver to Boston. And I'm sorry, Dublin to Boston. The new, the new at podcast. least the argument I started was was about Wade and, and Joe Collier. <laughs> now now we're now we're bringing the Patriots into this. Oh, oh my God, yeah. week two, week I know, two, and here we are. I I literally steered. I just agreed with Colin and I'm moved deep, on. But uh, I'm, a deep cover, I'm a deep cover Patriots fan. Of <laughs> well. Yeah, no, no, just, I mean, you know, hey, but, no, I think, uh, as I said, all judgment aside, I think you, you, you really should check out that. Uh, and the Lyle Altado um, football life is very interesting as well, which everybody would have uh, access to. I think he's the only member of the Orange Bridge that had a football life. Um, so, again, if you want to, there's some good footage there too, so including his uh, charity box match against Muhammad Ali. Excellent. So, you know, there's been many a topic covered in the first five minutes and I want to, you know, thank both you lads for covering those. It's, it's great to great to have you on again and thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, the good thing last week was, first off, we started the podcast, but secondly, you know, the Broncos played at nine o'clock our time in the evening. Now, for anybody listening to this show going, who cares about that? Like for us, the Broncos usually play like pre-season games. Like this next one's at like, 3 a.m. in the morning so like it was a big deal like i was on a flight and caught the second half and watched the first half back on sunday but basically um yeah it was it was really i have i don't really have anything bad to say about it apart from the fact it was a preseason game column 33 to 6 against the minnesota vikings the broncos go unbeaten in preseason to date Drew Locke balls out, man. Like, absolutely balls out. 150 yards, two touchdowns. Um, what was your thoughts on the game? It was a lot of fun. I think let's let's start with the you know um, looking at the the positive side of things. It was fun. It was fun to watch the Broncos for the first time in what felt like a long time, and there were lots of really pleasant aspects um, of it. You know, the the QB play was was very good. Um, Javante Williams, um, you know, flashed at, at at times and and showed what he may be capable of. Um, Patrick Sertain was. As, as advertised, you know, uh, we, we, we got to, to see him. 
so those are probably the the three um the three things that stood out for me obviously look hamler's pace we we know that if he if he can stay fit he will cause people problems so that was to the, the what you want from a preseason game is you want it to be entertaining and you want there to be no major injuries. And we tick both of those boxes with the game on Saturday. A lot of pros shirt, isn't there? I mean, before we even talk about the quarterback, there was a lot of pros. Yeah, I mean, um, you, you couldn't really have asked for, for much more from a, from a preseason game. I think uh, the players that you wanted to see do well did really, really well. Um, you know, there was a running back called Crockett that I genuinely had never heard of before i think he's bounced around a couple of practice squads he looked really sharp uh my man that i picked as my uh my my sort of uh one to look out for javante williams looked looked excellent limited enough for a matter reps but he he looked really sharp great he's great cutback you know he's got he sees a hole and he really goes with great bursts so i'm still really excited about him jerry judy looked fantastic um trinity benson was great (laughs) trinity benson's probably what wide receiver six on the depth charge depth chart um so you know, I mean, we, we you know we, we we saw a lot. I thought Stranad um, looked good, middle linebacker. Um, you know, and I think he's going to be important. Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson are both very, very good run stuffing uh, inside linebackers. But we've had a, a long history of struggling against tight ends. Um, I think Stranad was drafted specifically to deal with that. Um, I thought Stearns, uh, the the safety uh, out of Texas, uh, looked really, really good as well. You know, he could be another one of those late round steals. I think we got him in the fifth or the sixth round. Um, you know, so yeah, really, really good. I mean, obviously the the quarterback um, was was going to take most of the, the headlines, but uh, some of the guys really showed up too. So it's going to be some very, very difficult cuts um, in the next few weeks. And I think we we look like we have enough players to sort of fill two practice calls at this stage. You know, so. Uh, particularly wide receiver, I, I, it comes as no surprise to hear that teams have been calling about making trades with the likes of Tim Patrick, which I personally wouldn't be for. Uh, but it doesn't surprise me. We, we've got a huge amount of talent in that position. Yeah, for me, I, I, I was very impressed with not, not just the overall performance, albeit a preseason game, but the reality is this is a team with a lot of depth at wide receiver and seeing guys like Trinity Benson score two touchdowns, boys, is is warm into the heart on a cold summer's evening in Ireland. But uh, KJ Hammer, like, I don't know if anybody's seen that um, 22 tape. It only came out like the last couple of days ago. Like the aerial footage, like, his run for that touchdown is is ridiculous like like it's i know it's only preseason, but you can see the potential from this team and i, I think i think it's an interesting point Stuart talking about like tim patrick and what might happen there i mean let's let's see what happens after the seahawks game i think if this team continues to play similarly to how they may have played in the first game albeit again it is preseason, and i'm very pessimistic about that um i think i think it would be interesting but like for me patrick certain ps2 I'm I'm very close, like very, very close to buying the uh, the three hundred and fifty dollar uh, jersey, the uh, like the the actual proper one. How good did he look? Like I mean, I like I know there's no pressure with his father and stuff, but he looks like some pickup. And this is coming from somebody. Like, I I remember being gutted we didn't go for a quarterback, and of course I'm always proven wrong. So fantastic to see Sertain come in and do well in his first game, and I guess now it comes up 
to the big question. You've seen guys, we've seen Drew Locke, we've seen Brett Rippon. Yes, there is a third quarterback. And we've seen Teddy Bridgewater lads come in in this first preseason game. Drew Locke, for me, and I'll talk about it more in a minute, I think proved a lot of people wrong in that first game. And really, for a guy that's been under a lot of pressure uh, with the media, with everything over the last 6 to 12 months, came in and played very well. Uh, Colm, has your opinion changed on who should be the starting quarterback going into the season after the first game? No, I, I, I said last week we shouldn't be having a QB competition and I, I, I maintain that we should have either backed Drew and it should have been Drew all the way or we should have made the decision that it wasn't Drew and we should have drafted somebody. We decided that well, that wasn't the case and so we decided to spread reps out. And look, Drew did very well the other day. Teddy did very well the, the other day. That That is pleasing. It, for me, it, it, it should be Drew because I, I just... Teddy's a, a really good, solid backup, but he is not an NFL starter. So I think, yeah, you have to go with Drew Locke and, and see what see what you got. But it what it was the caveat I have on all of this is go back this time two years ago. Okay, go back to 2019, and Paxton Lynch. Remember Paxton Lynch led the Seattle Seahawks to come from behind. Uh, and to beat the Broncos in preseason, okay? He um, was 11 of 15 um, on on the day, 109 yards, one passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown. Uh, Pete Pete Carroll talked about what a a good job he did, talked about showing maturity, how he'd grown up. He'd handled it really well. He was much better with his ball placement, much more careful with, with the football. How did that end up? Paxton was cut 21 days later, gone from Seattle. That obviously isn't going to be the case in the QBs that we're talking about here. All I'm saying, again, I'm not saying that, you know, they, they, they it was it was a bad performance or anything like that. It's just to put the caveat in. It's preseason. It's about you know, getting, getting ready for the season, being ready to go in week one, take you back to 1998, and Manchester United take on Arsenal in the Charity Shield, okay? The soccer tournament, pre-season soccer. Everyone is, um, you know, United had made a number of signings. Everyone was wondering what it was going to be like. That game ended with Arsenal absolutely hammering United 3-0. Everybody convinced Arsenal were going to go on. Um, you know, they, they had a wonderful team. They were destined for greatness. Well, that season ended with Manchester United winning an unprecedented treble, which has never been repeated, never been done before, never been repeated, unlikely to ever been repeated. So you want to peak at the the right times, uh, and and so yes, preseason was a lot of fun. Yes, the 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 touchdown bomb that locked through to Hamler was fantastic, and you know was probably as uh, you know. As much fun, almost as that you know, uh, touchdown pass to Cortland Sutton in his debut, but it is all caveated with um, the the fact that it was preseason. And if I was the Vikings, I'd be very worried about what's going on there. You've got a, a QB who, um, you know, and a head coach. They seem to have all sorts of issues in terms of what Kirk Cousins is, is willing to do. He's willing to to 
go encase himself in, in plexiglass, but not to take a vaccine to, to help the team. Um, and the Vikings just, they, everything seemed to be off. I, I wonder in terms of, you know, are, are, are things not, 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 is, is there, are there issues uh, with, with Mike Zimmer and, and what's going on there uh, with, with the Vikings? But um, to me, Drew Locke did everything that could be asked. You can only beat what's in front of you. Drew Locke should be named Drew Locke a starter. Let's get it over and done with and out of the way. Um, and and let's uh, let's go on to the, the game uh, against the Giants. Other people are going to have other opinions on that and that, I, I can I can understand why that would be, but to me, when the choice is between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, um, we should be starting Locke week one, and we should let let Locke go to see. And unless it's um, a catastrophe, and in which case we then have to look at the coaching staff, um, just let Locke loose and let let's see what we've got, and we're go- we're going to know one way um, or the other after certainly ten weeks. Uh, where where we stand well there's there's a number of points to before i bring in Stuart and sorry Stuart, there's a number of points here to maybe address first off in case you're wondering why column is so pessimistic his county uh cork is playing in the all-ireland hurling final on sunday so i think he's a bit nervous i'm only joking i it's, it's good to hear all the football soccer references i, I was seven years old in 1998 so I, I didn't remember the charlie shield game but i agree um i'm jumping on Stuart's time here but I'll, I'll talk more about why I agree on Drew Locke in a minute in terms of starting him. Stuart, the, this is the week where he has to be in the starter. You know, if if not before the game on, on, on Saturday or Sunday morning for us, Monday, Tuesday tops. They, they can't wait to the third week, can they? No. With the three preseasons? No, I, I don't think they can for the simple reason that you're not going to be playing starters against uh, the Rams in, in the third. That's the, the Rams in the third game. Um, you know, you talk columns talking about Manchester United, and and I think, you know, it's always great to hark back to the glory times. These are not the glory times for Manchester United at the moment, even though they started the season well the other day. As Man United fans, the three of us, we know a brief when we hear one. Um, the soon to be former chief executive of Man United, Ed Woodward, loves a press brief, and to me, there was a, an equivalent. Um, on Sunday and Monday, because even people who would have been pessimistic about Locke, or even people who wouldn't have been particularly pro-Lock going into that uh, Vikings game, again, with the caveat Colin mentioned about beating what's in front of you, I noticed on Twitter that the vast majority of people said, look, end this quarterback battle now, it's finished. Locke showed enough. He showed last night what he's capable of. The ceiling is way, way higher. I mean, the people noticed the bomb that he threw for Hammer. To me, a far more impressive throw was one that he made to Judy, which went for about 15, 20 yards, where you could see him clearly go through each pro- uh, progression, which is something that he's been accused of not doing in the past. So that's progress to me. That's not necessarily going to be a highlight reel throw, but that's the one you look at and go, yeah. So I kind of, you know, looked at this the next day on Twitter, um, looked at the sort of the usual suspects of people that I have not really been really pushing lock and a general consensus was this should be over now let's let's end this now it's lock's job just just call it within 28 24 to 48 hours ryan koningsberg and the nvr and cecil lamy on 1043 the fan both of them said the word on the street is that big fangio wants teddy bridgewater um and the fans want lock 
Um, and then it came in more and more places. So that to me suddenly looked like that had been released by, by somebody in the organization, to be close to Vic, whatever. I don't know, it doesn't really matter. When you see that amount of information coming out at the same time, there's usually a very good reason for it. And to me, that looked like that was solely put out to temper expectation or for people to go, whoa, whoa, whoa let's hold our horses. Nobody's being named anything anytime soon. Um, so even today, like Vic saying he's damn close to being uh, able to make a decision at the starting quarterback, but there's more information coming. Presumably that information is going to come in Seattle. Seattle, um, I think, played absolutely none of their starters uh, in the game just gone. I think they were the team that didn't bother playing any of them. Um, and there's a strong possibility that Seattle won't play any of the starters this weekend either. Um, but this game now has taken on like huge importance because this is going to be the key that we so what lock goes out in the second half against the Seattle Seahawks playing probably with third stringers, you know, guys on the line that you know, let's be honest are probably at best going to be practice squad and they're not here again. And this is the thing that's going to sell to side one is the quarterback going into the seat. This is bonkers, it's absolutely crazy. It shouldn't this it should have been called, but I think you know, I suppose if Vic was, if he said it could go down to the wire. The minute he said after that game there was no separation um after watching what Locke did in the first half was the moment I went, you know, this kind of feels to me like it's gonna go with Teddy when he when he puts his when he when he, when he finally puts his hand and, and that to me is wrong. I think it's a mistake, but it will not be shocking in the least. So, Mick, I think if you're expecting to wake up on Sunday morning to to hear the news that Vic Fangio has named Drew Locke the starting quarterback after the game to the Seahawks, I think you're going to be uh, sorely mistaken. Well, there's actually just been a video put in from our friend Dave Althouse, KDVR Fox in Denver. Somebody, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't think it's Dave, but somebody's asked Drew Locke in Dove Valley in the last 20 minutes sort of quoting what Vic Fangio says, saying he's pretty damn close to naming a quarterback. And Locke sort of smiles, and then he puts his head down. And look, maybe maybe my reading is completely different, but he looks... Well, he looks fed up. He, he's probably looking like, you know, what more do you want me to do? And what happens, Colin, if Locke did go out and, God forbid, he's playing with third stringers? Maybe there's maybe a slightly wrong read. Maybe he gets picked after playing a decent game on, on, on Saturday after playing such, you know, for him, his, I guess, his maximum in, in that first preseason game. I, I I think it's unfair personally, but those quotes tonight, Colin, and what Stuart touched on there as well, we've got more information coming, uh, but he's pretty close. What exactly does that mean? You know, like what's, like what's going on there? I don't know. Um, I, I, I can't, there are, there are many things that Vic Fangio does that just baffle me. He walked in the door of the Broncos and he questioned Von Miller and I was baffled then. I remain baffled two years on that, that, that was what he did. Um, the, and, and, and in relation to, to this, I mean, again, we go back to if, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. Uh, and I, I go back to, you know, uh, you want to get to a position like and, and you know, it, it doesn't have to be 
the the Peyton Manning of the the Colts era. But there's that famous story where Gruden is uh, is going around and touring. Uh, this is when he was he wasn't uh, <laughs> pretending to be head coach of the the Raiders. Um, he was going he was doing the TV gig and he was up uh, visiting the, the Colts and they noticed that during practice um, Peyton the the backup QB wasn't getting any reps and uh, so they asked um, why, why is the backup QB not getting any reps and it, it's a family show so I won't repeat it entirely but they what, what was said was guys if 18 goes down we're done and we don't practice done um and that's what you you want to get to that is essentially is that you you are you know who your qb is and that's what you're doing i mean you look at the the chargers are not going to have said that they're justin herbert is not going to play uh, a preseason game that'll be two years in a row that justin herbert hasn't played a preseason game um he, he didn't uh, you know didn't get it last year because of covid isn't going to play one this year apparently so i i think yeah michael what you're saying is yeah imagine that he did go out and, and against third stringers and something went wrong and he ends up throwing two interceptions and suddenly the crowd are uh, uh, on his back and what how did they make that decision um and but as Stuart said, the the rumor seems to be that there is some division in the campus as to who wants what. So oh, the sooner we can, um, you know, get to a position where the the QB is named, the better. We we were fortunate, Michael, um, to to talk to Lindsay Jones last year, and she talked about her excitement that the Broncos weren't having a QB competition la last year. Then COVID, and we all know what happened. But here we are because we we've seen QB competitions before. This is a franchise that decided to have a QB competition between Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch, and decided to do the same thing the year after. I mean, talk about long-suffering fans. I mean, people will say that the Bronco Broncos fans have have no patience. But when when you see some of the stuff we've witnessed in in the last few years, I think Broncos fans have you know quite considerable patience actually i think the last thing i'll say on this before we look at the seahawks game quickly enough gentlemen very very good video i watched from vic lombardi the other day i think it was yesterday actually at the valley saying like look you know at the end of the day if if teddy bridgewater is starting this game on saturday and he's starting with the players maybe in in the ones or the twos or i guess the more senior players what what you boys have said and then Drew Locke comes in for the second quarter and plays against the twos and the three, or sorry, plays with the twos and the threes. Who's the leader in the clubhouse? It, it, like, and like they're they're not going to make the decision before or after game three. It'll be made after game two. So, I I think based upon the first game, Drew Locke should be given a starting role. He, I I just don't think he will though. I think I think for some reason, Fangio. And potentially Peyton have just sort of decided no, let let let's roll with Teddy. Don't know if by the way, columns were in purple for the Vikings. If anybody can't you know, can't see this, but I, I'm I'm joking. But um, yeah, I just I just I just think as it stands, Teddy Bridgewater will be the starting quarterback. Look, whoever starts has my full support, but I still think Drew Drew Lock should be given the opportunity. Whether whether he's going to do it 
for 18 games or not, or sorry, 17 games with a bye, that's meaningless right now. If he's playing the better football, he needs to start. He needs to be given the opportunity to play better football as well based on the last two years to try and get his progression better. But uh, yeah, any final points before we look at the Seahawks game, gentlemen? No, he's, he's happy enough? Happy enough. Okay. I think, yeah, I think like we're sort of exhausted, aren't we, from this quarterback situation? It's, uh, I think that's exactly like when we get to week one proper against the Giants, I imagine you won't be able to shut the three of us up. But I think everyone is just <laughs> ready for the decision to be made and let's play football. I mean, that that's what we want to get to where it is, where it is competitive, where it is meaningful. Although, what, one final point would be. Can the league please sort out the taunting nonsense that is going on? Because right now, no one seems to know, um, you know, like everything is taunting, essentially. And we don't want it to be in, in that situation. So they need to get to a point where, where they figure that out. Um, I, I, I remember um, when we played the Bills a couple of years ago now and Vaughn got done. Uh, for uh, you know, uh, extending the the hand to to Tyrod, I, I think at the time, and then kind of pulling it away, and it was it was laughing like Tyrod was nearly laughing himself, but we actually got penalised for it and uh, ended up costing us. Uh, so taunting can have uh, an impact, and if everything is going to get done done as taunting, then that will certainly impact on this uh, upcoming NFL season. And we're talking about being exhausted about the quarterback battle, gentlemen. Uh, talking about being exhausted in general if you're in ireland or the uk this game kicks off at 3 a.m if you're in central europe it kicks off at four four in the morning so uh, i actually feel jealous for the people i'm actually jealous of the people in serbia that can get up at 4 a.m and actually get six hours sleep if they go to bed at 10 whereas we're sort of stuck in the middle seahawks broncos sunday morning um am i crazy enough to do it I probably will, I'm not going to lie. But we'll do it for the crack, as we say here. Jamal Adams, uh, now the highest, well, he will be the highest paid safety in the NFL. So, I guess, I mean, gentlemen, obviously the biggest talk is the quarterback. But outside of the quarterback position, is there anything that you guys want to see? We'll start with you, Stuart. Is, is, is there anything that you want to see going into the second game that you maybe haven't seen after the first game or maybe something that wasn't there last season that you want to see improved going into the second game? No, I mean, I think I'd like to, to see us run the ball well again. One of the interesting things, I think, that um, Levante Bellamy was cut the other day because he picked up an injury, which is unfortunate, that was going to take a few weeks to heal. And I think because Mike Boone was injured uh, as well, um, we couldn't really afford to uh, to carry any other injured running back. So uh, we picked up a guy from the Eagles who's supposed to be really fast. But I, I think, um, I'm not sure if Melvin Gordon is going to play because I think he's a groin problem but uh, I, I want to see um, Williams continue to, to, to play well I thought he looked really really good today as I said um, be interested to see if the guy Crockett uh, can, 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 can sort of carry on from where he left off against the Vikings um, again it's hard to know how many of the Seahawks starters I mean the Seahawks traditionally do have a good defense so you know that's part of their culture I think we'll see um, you know if, if that continues even if they're playing a lot of uh, second stringers um, but no I think you know, just there was a lot of guys kind of stepped in and, and did well. They liked to Mooty, the guard. I thought he had a really strong game as well. I'll always be kind of, until we have right tackle sorted out, I'm always going to find myself sort of, you know, looking over that way to see if, if the quarterback's going to have to run for his life. I thought, I thought Massey did quite well. I thought 
Fleming struggled a little bit in the second half, bits I could see. So no, just you know, as I said, mate, you know, we're going to be watching it for one reason, one reason only. Realistically, it's to to see what happens um, with with the quarterbacks. But the Seahawks would be a good, uh, be a good test. The Vikings, in fairness, as Colin was saying, something seems a little bit off. Um, I think the Seahawks, you, you know, the one thing about the Seahawks, you, you know, you're you're going to be in for a physical game, regardless, as, as we know, as we know, to our cost. Um, but you know that they'll 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 be they'll, they'll they'll bring they'll bring the heat a few times. So we'll see. Um, I thought the offensive line looked really good, so it'd be nice to see if that continues again. You know, even when they made quite a few substitutions. Yes, sir. Column. Any other thoughts ahead of this game? Obviously, preseason game, all it is. But early Sunday morning, Broncos going to Seattle, Lumen Field. Any any final thoughts on that game before we? Um, I, I I think preseason we've discussed this a little bit, but preseason seems to have changed more again. Like the game is constantly evolving, and sometimes we look back and we say, "Oh well, you know, th- this was the the fact back then." But preseason, you see more and more and more guys sit out. Like essentially, you know, in in many ways, because the Broncos held out so many and the Vikings held out so many, that was almost a glorified scrimmage last saturday and by the looks of things the seahawks are gonna uh, they traditionally they they play a a strong team in preseason but last week they didn't so it's tough to know um what what they're going to do but what also you know balances that out is you used to have four games now you've three so the opportunity for guys on the bubble to make an impact is reduced so they have to to do it so i think that's where it kind of becomes laser focused on the, the guys on the bubble and, and vic talked a little bit about that th- this week and others ha- have mentioned it as well so that is probably it's guys on the bubble who are going to be kind of the the most interesting um piece to to see and uh, for around the league for us it's what happens at, at qb and that i like hopefully we are uh you know recording this next week we know who qb1 is as we uh head into the final preseason uh game and the the beginning of the season but uh, that would be my hope that that would be the case when we're recording next week i just want the broncos to go two and own preseason boys I know Colin, you said on a different show earlier on, the Lions went 4-0 back when they went 0-16. Uh, but I think just to see this team continue to gel will be good. And maybe see, obviously, with Teddy getting the start, you know, hoping that both guys do well. Obviously, Brett coming in at breakfast time for us will be interesting. Maybe Stuart will be up watching it then, Stuart. Uh, but I don't know, boys. Like It's more about getting that consistency in both offense and defense. And it seems as if there's going to be a, you know, a notable amount of starters or close on the bubble starters starting in week two. We're not sure exactly how many are going to be rested in week three yet. So it could be our last chance to see a lot of these guys on the field until they're in New York. So just a good game. You know, like at the end of the day, a, a result doesn't really matter, but you want to have that clear and concise solution a quarterback i don't want us to be going in the way i i don't want us to be sitting here next week talking about the quarterback position again it needs to be rounded up whoever is going to be picked is going to be picked and i'll get behind them whether i agree with it or not but it needs to be rounded up next week hoping for a good game I'm, you know what colin i'm going to say it now i'm going to watch it live you're going to watch it live as well and Stuart, you're you're going to get up at 3 a.m yeah watch it live no i'll uh i'll watch it on on the game past the uh 
<laughs> tremendous uh, invention they came up with last uh, two. I think it was two years ago, where it's the game in forty. Fantastic. I'm, I'm, our American listeners are going, "What the hell are these guys talking about?" So, uh, <laughs> that's a, aye, but the uh, the American listeners, Stuart, I can watch it on their local channel. Like, like, as if we can put RT here, BBC. Guys, on that Bill Belichick is the best defensive mind in history. Now he's on that game and game and forty. What is this guy drunk? Uh, no, I'll, I'll probably get up and watch the next day. Which I'll, I'll do my best to sort of avoid all social media because if I if I turn on the phone and then go down to sort of turn on the TV, and I'll probably have a, a thousand notifications. Go, oh, do you see he named such and such? So I'll have to kind of <laughs> have to try and get down and get Game Pass on without any any other electronics on in the house and see 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 what happens that way. You know? Absolutely, and look, lads, it's it's been great. Great, great, great crack, great fun recording again this week. And we're another week closer to Broncos football. We're only three weeks away from the NFL kickoff. And I'm, I'm buzzing, boys. It's been a long time coming, especially when we haven't played since the end of December, early January. So I want to thank you for your opinions and comments, obviously, ahead of the second game of preseason. Hopefully next week we have some clarity on that quarterback position. Um, you can follow us. I'm at Michael underscore NFL on Twitter, uh, at Column from Cork. Uh, good luck to Limerick on Sunday on, on Twitter. And also Stuart is at PurpleHeartTC on Twitter. Lads, it's been a pleasure. Uh, and hopefully, folks, we will see you or join you virtually on a podcast next week for Weekly. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Broncos.